When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Welcome to the Man City Show. It's Nigel Rothman back in the chair, and my three guests this week are Graham Reed. Good evening. Rob Behrens, CTID. Hi, hi. What's your name? Paul Denby. I think it's Paul Denby. Hi, good evening, everybody. <laughs> Uh, before we talk about the game itself and the fact we can no longer win four pieces of silverware, let's start with the issues leading up to the game. So, gentlemen, the question you've all been expecting, the question you've all wanted me to ask, and it's the one, were we right to field a weakened team? Graham Reed. Yes. It's a simple answer. Um, I think Pellegrini got very cross in the end, and maybe, maybe he could have played three or four more players. However, you can totally understand his stance. We asked every single... We, we've been in the Carling Cup twice final now because he puts out proper teams in cup matches. He's got a proven record. and In the two games in the FA Cup, he's put out decent sides. In fact, we've all moaned he hasn't put enough kids in. And he asked the FA very kindly. We've got a big game on, on Wednesday night. Chelsea had a big game the previous Tuesday. Wouldn't it be fair to all, because we all want England to do well ultimately, so should the FA, especially with that fourth place lurking. Wouldn't it have been a nice thing? Can we play on Saturday? I've got all the police in Fulham. I can't believe that 17 people at Fulham are going to affect an FA Cup game. And we could have played at lunchtime. We could have played at 5.30. Damn sure if United were in it, and Ferguson was manager, they would have got Friday or Saturday. Damn sure. The FA, Pellegrini's a nice chap, and sometimes when you're a nice chap, it doesn't always quite work. They're not great fans of the FA and Man City. They don't like the new, the new powers that be. And quite frankly, Pellegrini then, you can see that he obviously thought, well, do you know what, bugger you, I'm going to actually, I'm not only going to put two or three kids in, I'm actually going to shove it. He might as well have not played a goalie. Well, actually, that's another issue. But well, we, we might come on He could that. have played 11 blokes and no goalie, and really made a, a, a farce of it. And, and just sorry to carry on, the BBC are a disgrace. When they came on yesterday, Shearer, who hardly ever got in a Champions League, and who he is, he thinks he is, because he hardly ever played in the bloody competition. Scored more goals than anybody else in the Premier League in oh, Premier well, in, in history, this, I think is what you oh, Whatever about. it is, but he yeah. hardly ever played in the Champions League because he didn't play in big enough true, clubs. True, And what actually happened is him and Graham Lasseau, who were both saying we are disrespecting the FA Cup, well, aren't the BBC doing that by actually putting the game in on on a Sunday and not really, really wanting us to play on a Saturday so England can do better in the Champions League. I think Pellegrini, good luck to him. Rob Behrens. I broadly agree with that, but I think uh, Pellegrini made two small mistakes. First of all, he should not have said that he didn't think the game was worth paying to watch. I think that was not a good idea when City supporters had paid to go and see them in the Cup. Secondly... He probably played too many young youngsters in the team, which is ironic given that all season the team's been crying out for uh, youngsters to to be blooded. Um, 
But uh, the words that come to me as far as the BBC are concerned are overpaid, smug, self-regarding, complacent, remote from soccer fans. And how many of those people like uh, Alan Shearer and Graham Lasso actually pay for to watch football? Uh, neither of them. Are we going to have three out of three? I think, I think, having seen some of your social media comments, I have a strong feeling this might be three out of three. Paul Denby. It's certainly three out of three. What bothers me more than anything else is everybody else having a go at City. It's easy to have a pop at us. Comments such as, well, Arsenal didn't complain and they're playing on Saturday and they've got a game on Tuesday. Two things come to mind. Arsenal got a nice little home game. All right, it's Barcelona, but they've got a home game. I looked at the Arsenal team that played on Saturday against Hull versus the Arsenal team that played against Leicester the previous week. Only two of their players were the same players. So basically, Wenger changed their whole team as well. I haven't seen a criticism of Arsenal putting the cup down by playing a second string. OK, they didn't have as many youngsters, but we didn't have as many fit players that we could have put in there. We've only got 13 first-team players who are fit. I totally support Pellegrini. He might have made one or two comments and one or two issues, as Rob pointed out, but totally support it. I fully expected his feet. I thought the youngsters did really well in the first half, but it was obvious what was going to happen. Listen, I've got it's difficult. Three out of three. Uh, I'm going to play devil's advocate. You know, we, we've got we're not short resources, are we, at Man City? You know, we we want to win trophies, um, win against Chelsea, who haven't had you know the best the best run of form, and we're suddenly in the quarterfinals. Another bit of silverware. So you know. <laughs> What about, and what about the fans? As, as Rob's already said, you know, travel down to the bridge, they paid 30 he, he quid for warned, their ticket. He warned the fans that what, what was going to happen. So if you decided not to travel, that was your choice. Yeah, but they'd already bought the tickets. Yeah, okay, fair enough. That's fair enough. But the, the reality of it is that he has, he has to look after the interests hmm. of Manchester City. That's his job. That's what he gets paid for. Of course, if we get beat, the only, the only downside to it all is if they get stuffed in Kiev for some bizarre reason. Then he's going to look silly, yep. and we'll all be a little crosser. But I, I would have done exactly the same as him, Rob. But if City don't play well in Kiev, that's got absolutely nothing to do with what happened on Sunday. It's to do with some generic failure of the of the team management uh, this season. So I, I, I don't think the two things are related at all. I think if we don't go and win in Kiev, I think Pellegrini's got a lot to answer for, to be honest. I think we've, we've struggled this season, let's be honest about it, and we'll come on to Kiev in a minute. There is a correlation between the, the game on Sunday and the game on Wednesday in that the players have had enough time. Yeah. There's no injuries, guaranteed no injuries to your Agueros, Silva, OK, he's not played brilliantly, but quite a few of the players that will play on Wednesday in Kiev, company, you wouldn't risk company in a game like that. Aguero, you just couldn't afford to when you've got Kiev coming up. So... You will never know what would have happened had we played a first eleven against Chelsea. Yes. Can I go back to what you? Can I go back to what you said at the start, Graham? Because you said maybe one of them. So, so it might have been Rob, or you actually you agreed on it. The situation of he probably bloodied too too much youth. Mm. He, he probably the, that pendulum probably just swung a wee bit too far towards. I think if I think if they, if they'd have got a Saturday five thirty fixture, I think they still would have played maybe two youngsters. Yeah. Um, because of the amount of injuries they've got, and had they. Had some of the uh, the bonnies of the world be fit, they would have played. So he didn't have a lot of choice of playing a sort of like Arsenal did, a set, what you'd call your substitute, your regular substitutes. Um, but having done all that, I think I think to be totally fair to him, I think that he was so angry with the fact that the FA, who are meant to be supporting English football, couldn't even be bothered to listen. 
having that you only got to look at all the city teams he's played since he became manager. I think he's been terrific. Yeah. He's given us a chance to go and watch Carling Cup midweek with good sides mm. and the FA Cup. We went to Norwich, Villa was a good side. He appealed to the... He basically said, FA, look, if you play Saturday, we'll play a decent team. If you play Sunday, we will play kids. It'll be a no-show for the telly. And it'll... So he thought to himself when they said, no, I'll tell you what, I'll be bloody-minded. That's why he put so many out. I, I don't want to be too pedantic. It's obviously it's not the Carling Cup, it's the Capital One Cup, just to be clear now, but that's just me maybe being... Not the Milk Cup. Not, not anymore, no, it's not. Or the Littlewoods Cup. And what were the other... Go on, any more you mentioned? The League Cup. The League... It's definitely still the League Cup. Yeah. So I'm keen to get your view on that. I just want to explore the BBC a bit more here, Rob, because clearly you've chosen some fairly strong words there. And, and, and as a way of introduction, um, it's fair to say that, you know, that they were the people who said that, you know, oh, we'll never have a sponsor. It's always ever going to be the FA Cup. And all of a sudden it's now got a sponsor. We've got this situation where, you know, they're varying the times to suit themselves and, and, and the draw is made before the competition round has been completed. So they're not exactly covering themselves in glory, are they here? Then they're not, and the the smugness is just incredible. If they had had a proper conversation about the dilemmas for Pellegrini, then I would have been more sympathetic. And what's interesting is that uh, Ray Wilkins on on Talk Sport did explore the difficulties that Pellegrini had and broadly came down on Pellegrini's side, saying it was a difficult situation and he thought he'd handled it well. But no one at the BBC even attempted to explore the difficulties that Pellegrini was in, given the injuries, given the the, the four games in uh, 11 days. It's just shoddy journalism from overpaid people who, who don't understand the reality of how fans behave. Should we talk about the game then? And, and yeah, can I just say that is fantastic of Rob, and let's get him on the BBC. I wouldn't be surprised if he's been on already. Oh, to be honest, many many times he will be, and and many times in the future. I'm I don't sure. know if the BBC will have him after those comments. Though. <laughs> <laughs> exactly, he'd be on the other side. So let, let's no, not talk. Let, let's talk about the game itself because. Uh, I have to say, at, at half-time, I, I thought it was fantastic. I thought, you know, to hold them with the t- side that we had. Um, I don't think we were ever in the game, to be fair. But the first, first, first eight minutes, I thought we were. But after that, I think they, they pretty much took control, didn't they, of the whole, the whole thing. They were, they were always in control. It was always only ever going to be one result at the end of it. Well, I obviously went with my son, and, and uh, he mentioned something about scoring. And I said to him, to be totally fair, son, if they score one, that'll be the end of it. So when we scored... Because he gave me a lot of stick about that. But I couldn't actually see where a goal was going to come from. But they worked very hard and there were signs of two or three really decent players. Whether they ever become Manchester City first team players is another issue because it's a long way. But they certainly tried really hard. Anybody stand out for you in particular, Rob, of, the, thought, of the youngsters? I thought Fal Paula uh, played extremely well in the first half and the young centre-back... Um, I, I thought he was terrific. He had a really good game. Young Tosin. Yeah, at our B.I. Bio. <laughs> That's a good effort. <laughs> good effort. Him too. I, I appreciate you having a go, because I'm not having a go. But, uh, yeah, Tosin. He's a local uh, lad, is he? Manchester he's, boy. He's a Manchester yeah. lad. So there were four Mancunians who, who eventually played... Uh, in the team and I think that's good and I thought the Garcias both of them not uh, brothers of course no but they they both played well in their different ways the one disappointment was Chalina who uh, I've seen play much better than that Chalina just didn't get a chance in getting the game at all 
um, when they brought uh, Barker on later on in the game. He did a couple of nice touches. Are we allowed to say disappointments at this point? Yeah, of course. Sorry. Caballero, I am really, really, really worried that he's going to play him in the final next weekend, which he probably will, and is a disaster waiting to happen. It's I'm not blaming him for all the goals, but he was just, just looked very. Well, he just looks. He looks very nervous and doesn't give the defence any confidence. Saved a penalty. Saved a point blank shot from somebody or other. Somebody he made two saves, but cost three, three of the goals. He should have done better. I'm not saying he should have said he should have done better, but I'm sorry. So if you're Pellegrini, you drop. Having said yeah, he's I, our cup goalkeeper, I, you drop him. Would you? I, I would final? drop him because a he's not going to have a long term future at City. He's going to be gone in the summer anyway. I'm sorry, he's never inspired me with confidence um, and, he's, and therefore he can't de- inspire the defence. Because it's interesting, we're talking about the youth and we'll come back to the youth in a second, but you know, I think it was the 35-year-old Dimichelis and the, the 34-year-old Caballero who were the two mm. most disappointing players on the park for me. Mm. I think they were the two that let us down more than anybody else. I agree wholeheartedly. Uh, what about the youngsters then, Graham? From you, I mean, obviously you've uh, you follow every strand of Manchester City from from, um, the, from the EDS right. Well, the way I don't through. actually follow the youth team that much, but um, I, I, the, the lad that played left midfield. Uh, sorry, um, Garcia, not the one who played in the middle of midfield. Manu showed some lovely little touches. Mm. Um, he was a little bit lightweight, yeah. but then you'd expect that. Um, that, as Rob said the lad who played up front was good in the first half and even the Chelsea manager had said that the front two gave them quite a difficult time um, in the first half and I thought they did okay really and, and likewise I thought Kolarov and Demoncellis and the goalkeeper were poor yeah uh, the, the one who impressed me, I think, was and not that we saw much of, was was Brandon Barker because I heard so much about him. Mm. And actually, when he came on, I think he really did give us a different dimension. And the, he, he ran at the defence. He, he, he looked confident on the ball, um, and you know, actually looked a bit of a threat for once. And it was only when he came on I thought we actually we, we looked like threatening anything. It's the Droylston pedigree, you know, where Freddie Hill played. <laughs> hey, he's got Freddie Hill again. <laughs> Can I just say one thing? I, I, uh, I think like. the the they're extremely promising, and it's quite exciting to watch them. The one thing that I don't understand is the the best player I've seen in the last few weeks uh, of that age is uh, a footballer called Martin Samuelson, who's a Norwegian, who City let go. And he's gone to West Ham, and he's on loan to Peterborough. And he, he was magnificent in, in, in the FA Cup tie. I don't understand why they've got rid of him. Well, there's not room for all of them, is there? That's the problem. And none of them are going to get... I'll say none of them. Five of them made the first team on, on Sunday. But it's, it's, it must be difficult, must it, yeah. when you've got a, a first-team squad where we're buying talent in from around the world. Very few of them are going to make the big time. And, uh, but I, I saw that game as well. He, did, he, he stood out, didn't he, as mm. being quite special. Mm. Um, so Brandon Barker, you, you, you like the look of him as well. You just agree, you can agree with me, are you, on Brandon? I thought he looked confident. I thought he looked uh, a star in the making. But it, sometimes it's quite easy to come into a game when it all is lost to be able to just show you bits and pieces. Um, I'm not always sure that at the top level and certainly at City that they're looking for that out and out. I don't know why. I mean, Sterling came. I saw him play for Liverpool lots, and he. He would take people on, but if you watch the way City play, when, when you get the ball wide, or say he's playing on the left, this is Sterling now, and Kolarov gets it wide, it's more or less like you, you can see, it's his second thought, they like, their, they like the guy to come inside to play the little ball. They don't really hit him wide and say, go on, one-on-one, give it a go. So whether Barker will fit into that sort of system, I don't know. I have no idea. But he certainly looks a player. 
I thought it looked a, a threat, and it, okay, the match was over. But equally, it will change again when Guardiola comes in in the summer. So therefore, it might be a better fit. I, I understand what you're saying about Sterling doesn't seem to want to attack the defenders. Draw comes in field, waits for the overlap, and passes the ball on the outside if it's appropriate. But I, I do like Barker. I've seen him a couple of times in the youth games as well, and he's he's got a nice little touch, and he it just needs a bit more weight, like a lot of them do, to not get pushed off the ball quite so easily. But there's one beautiful move where he took it on his chest and just went past the defenders if he wasn't there, and that showed real skill. Sorry, Nigel, come back. It, it, if it, it, and I think that's a great point Paul's made that if it when great, uh, Pep comes in, I think that any of those youth players that he is impressed with, he'll give them a go. They'll have to be good, though, but he'll give them a go. I think the irony for me, uh, and you'll know because you were there as well, Graham, you know, that at half-time, you know, they paraded the Youth Cup, of course, Chelsea, which I thought the irony was not lost on most of the City fans there who had five or six, you know, 12-year-olds on the pitch <laughs> all sitting there having jelly and ice cream at half-time. <laughs> uh, yeah, and, and, not, and they had Loftus Cheek on the bench who even at 5-1 yeah. didn't come on. I just thought it was, it was hilarious in a way and a joke. Um, uh, uh, how annoying is that bloke who does the Chelsea walk when he shouted out and when he went past the City fans in here and he said, oh, give us a clap, City fans, you, you, you were the losers or something. Like that. It, 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 no, uh, no. He had a charisma bypass operation, yeah, I think, it's... potentially. Well, we're still in the Youth Cup in the quarterfinals this time round, so let's hope we can go one better this time and win it. Sure. What I liked is I read um, Jason Wilcox in the programme last, the last home game who said it's great to win the FA Youth Cup. However, it's more important that the players become better yep. than winning anything at that age. Mm. Good, well said. Good. So, so we're excited, uh, surprised maybe that there were quite so many on, on, uh, as a starting lineup, but uh, we were encouraged to see City trying a few youngsters out, and, uh, and uh, there's going to be a quiz a little bit later, which uh, when I find it, well, I found it now. Uh, what does 447 mean to anybody here? Anybody know? I'll hazard a guess. It's the addition of all the numbers in, on the back of the team shirts. Amazing. Good answer, and it is the correct answer. Um, we finished the game actually at 521, which is, must be a record. Uh, I thought it was the number of chances that Bobby Owen had missed when, <laughs> when he played for City. <laughs> but not, not Freddie Hill. Bob, Bobby Owen played in the 1968 Charity Shield against West Brom when we beat them 6-1. Absolutely. I remember it. Did he score? I think he might he, have done He may that. have done I think that. he did. We, we scored six. There's a reasonable chance that even he put one in that game. Can I just th- throw in, pardon the pun, this coin situation? Because yeah. what's, there's been two games, and, and just to remind everybody, West Bromwich Albion away at Reading, losing in the Cup. And Chris Brunt, who, according to everybody, is kind of one of the good guys, yeah. goes over to his own fans to give his shirt, and some idiot chucks a coin that nearly blinds the bloke. And then we've got a situation a day later where we've got some idiot at the Chelsea end who's, you know, our youngsters, he scored on his debut, aged 19, and he's got a bit excited, bless him, and they're chucking coins on there. What's going they on? They identified Shearer and Lasseau as the fellows. <laughs> But seriously, I mean, in all seriousness, what, what, what's this? Help me here. What's going on? Well, it's just hooliganism. It's outrageous. I mean, these people, once they're found, if they're over the age of 18, should be banned for life. If they're young kids, then they should be banned for three or five years or something like that from ever going to a football match until they grow up and understand what they're doing. I think there's a danger of thinking that this is a new development, whereas I, I think it goes on quite regularly. 
but it's just not featured on on television. And uh, you know, football supporters have to go through quite a lot of rough experiences in order to watch games, and and that that's one of them. It's totally unacceptable, and it has happily been condemned by by the clubs. Listen, let's be positive. If we sort of think forward rather than back, we're in the Champions League sort of last 16 on Wednesday, and we've got a cup final on Sunday. So, you know, we've been all sort of sitting here saying, did Pellegrini make the right decision? But surely looking forward, this is an exciting week for City fans. It's an, ex- it's an incredibly exciting week. Uh, Kiev away on Wednesday. Um, they haven't played proper football now since December because they've had a close season. The Ukrainian football switches off for three months. So if we can't go out there and get a decent result against a team that hasn't played competitive football for the best part of two going on three months, then there's something wrong. I would be very disappointed if we don't get minimum as, as a score draw, but I'd be ve- I really think we should be going out there and winning two or three goals. And that will give us the capability of resting a couple of players because the return leg is the week of the United game as well. Excited, Rob? I'm extremely excited and... Uh, very hopeful but I think it will be extremely difficult and what I want to see is that the team don't concede uh, in the in the away leg so that the tie is still alive when they come back uh, to the Etihad and the problem is that some big players have got to show up and right from the start of the game so you know we need to see Silva and Yaya uh, actually committed right from the very beginning of the game and and Sterling as well and uh, without that, they're going to be in trouble. You're still here. You're not there yet. You're not, you're not flying. When are you flying out there? Not going to Kiev. <gasps> I know. I, I did look up flights when it first came out, but then mm. they said no fans. And then there's so much going on. I've, I've just going off the cuff. I've just going to, got tickets for the India World Cup final. I'm not going out to <laughs> India for some bizarre reason. But anyway, that's another issue. Um, am I excited this week? Very, very, very excited. Because I think we're going to get into the quarterfinals of the Champions League for the first time ever, which will be a great achievement. And I think any trip to Wembley is exciting. My first game was Wembley, 1974. So, you know, I'm always got a soft the spot. The League Cup final. I think, two, I think two it was one. just the League Cup. It was just the League Cup. It was sponsored by Wanderers, Correct. And we lost. Correct. Mm, yeah. yeah. 2-1. And Rodney Marsh gave his medal away. Yes. Correct. So we're reminiscing a bit. We're today, reminiscing, aren't we? but, was, but did Freddie Hill play in that game? No, no, no I'm afraid he didn't. By that. He was dropped. <laughs> <You've gone. laughs> his last, match if, I, that, his last match, if I remember, was the end of the previous season when we played United. Yeah. God, Freddie Hill's getting too many mentions for me. We're going to change. As well as Gavin girls on the show, we have a few youngsters as well, Nigel. <laughs> I like that little twelve-year-old you kept bringing. <laughs> Absolutely. Sorry. Can you say that? So uh, let's talk about uh, let's talk about Europe then um, before we talk about the cup final as well, which is uh, great to be able to do that. Um, so clean sheet from Rob, a, win, a, a clear win from you. What, what else are you looking for? What about sort of tactically or, or sort of team selection? What, what are you looking for particularly then? I'd love to see Yaya and Silva have decent games. I mean, Yaya in particular, Silva's been on and off, but he's not really hit the forms and the heights that we know he can do. And I just want to see a win. Uh, I, we know we've lost three games on the spin now. Not, yep. uh, you know, his Chelsea result will be there. It's happened. I'd love just to see us go and win. If we win two 0 fantastic. Win three one, fantastic. I, I don't care. Just a win. You're looking for anything in, other than obviously we all want City to win. Come, making sure that we come back and give ourselves a chance at home. I think what Rob said, not to concede more than one goal, will be ideal. 
uh, don't go too gung-ho. Um, Yaya, to his, I mean, obviously I've been his biggest critic in the last year because he doesn't move. I thought he did terrific against Spurs. I thought he worked hard. Yeah. And if he can carry on like that, then that will be good for the rest of our season. And then another trip to Wembley. And I think uh, we're all going, which is exciting, so we'll see you there. I shall be taking my microphone with me and uh, walking up Wembley Way, asking anybody their views, which we'll play next week and uh, see what people have to say. Um, in the meantime, our brand new iPhone app has been updated and is absolutely free at the iTunes Store. It's a thing of beauty with all your shows there, videos, news, etc. Download it and leave us a nice review. And all the links to our Facebook page, Twitter, and details of our fantastic phone app are all at citypodcast.net and you can join us on Facebook and Twitter, which is at City Podcast. So who wants to uh, kick off with uh, yet another Wembley trip? It's like our second home, isn't it, really, Graham? Yeah, it's great. And obviously, being from this part of the world now, it's just down the road, so uh, getting used to that train journey and all the excitement that it brings. And the last time we went against Sunderland, you get out, you can't beat getting out of that at Wembley Station and walking down Wembley Way the atmosphere is fantastic for both teams usually and uh, it's, a, it's a great experience and I hope it should be a really good game of football two good sides Coutinho and Sturridge will all be back and, that, and they're much better with them so hopefully it'll be a great game which we will, um, we will win you, Thinking of previous League Cups then Rob I was looking at a picture that was on Twitter um, which was of the 1970 Sorry, sorry for the, the younger listeners, but roll against West Bromwich Albion, I think, yeah. where we, we won. And I saw George Heslop wore the number seven shirt that yeah. day. And I, I, I was trying to remember why. I, I, I can't remember why, but I do remember that they'd come back from uh, a, a European game. Uh, Academicia de Coimbra. Yep. Um, <laughs> so you explain to us why Heslop... Uh, if I remember correctly... Summerby didn't play in the League Cup he final. Didn't. He was injured, so George Heslop wore the number seven shirt that Summerby often wore. I don't think he played on the right wing. I think he just played central midfield right, and yeah, uh, right. bolstered up the midfield. But he was, so Summerby was, was injured, and he, he was just wearing the seven shirt. But it was, it was yeah. Well, thank you for that. And who again? Who did? Who who had we just played in Europe? Sorry, Academia de Coimbra and the of, of Portugal Portuguese in the Cor- team Cup who- Winners Cup quarter final, drew nil nil, and then beat them one nil in the return leg. The year we won, of course. There, was, there were students in those days. They weren't full-time professional footballers. Sorry, I, 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 I interrupted no. your, your flow, for, for, but I just, it just prompted me as I came to you, knew you'd remember the 1970 League Cup final. It's impressive, isn't it? I mean, Denby, coming on here and giving us that event, how many, would it be a pointless answer, do you think, on pointless? <laughs> I think so. I think it would I think, be. Uh, a bit of minus. <laughs> Sorry, I, I think Heslop played against Jeff Astle. And uh, before the game started, uh, Heslop said to Astle, I know the game, but what are the rules? <laughs> <laughs> and then Astle scored after five minutes, didn't he? Absolutely. Um, this but, is A. A. The olden days, A. But in Fantastic. A, <clears throat> it was, was it not Glyn Pardo who, who produced the goods in the end? He scored the winner in extra time, a sort of semi-overhead kick. It wasn't really. Yeah. It was no, sort of his, his, hooked his, his, round knee, his, his knee was up round his yeah. round, round his chin somewhere. By the time you put it in, yeah. The real overhead kick came. Oof. Dennis, Dennis Church in 1976. This is League Cup. I went to Sunderland the other week, uh, travelled up to Sunderland, and we had hospitality, and on the table next to me was Dennis Stewart. He was a guest of uh, somebody, you know, for the game, but he did some speaking with Jim Montgomery, which was quite good. Mm-hmm. Um, so, yeah, we had a five-minute chat with Dennis. Very good. City legend. Good player. And a Sunderland legend as well, wasn't he? Yeah, hence why he was there. Good choice of speaker then, (laughs) Fraser. 
you're going to get you're going to get to this final eventually. Uh, uh, do you want to talk about the Wolves final? Playing? Do you want to talk about the Wolves final as well? It's Graham's first ever visit. What about that one? We lost. What went wrong then, Rob, for the 1974 final? Oh. And if you can't answer it, I know a man who can. Well, let's hear your view first. <laughs> Their goalkeeper played an absolute blinder. Um, Phil Park. Phil, thank you, yeah. Phil Park. I knew I'd get in at some point. <laughs> he saved absolutely everything that we put at him. He was like uh, that Tomaszewski for Poland in the 73 World Cup qualifier. And we just threw everything at him and they scored 81st minute. I think they got the winner quite late on and we just couldn't recover from it. Mm. So... Back, back to next week then, Rob. <laughs> We've done the history. Any other, any other League Cup finals you want to do before we get to this Sunday's final? No. Want to, no. no. But give it, give it, talk about this Sunday then, Rob. Well, I think it's, uh, it's very exciting, but uh, City will not win by defending against Liverpool. They, they need to expose Liverpool's weaknesses, which are, are their central defence and their back four. And, and that means uh, an all-out attacking uh, approach to the game. But it will be extremely hard because uh, Liverpool are coming into form. They're getting their good players back. And uh, Sturridge and Coutinho are, are first-class players. Yeah, I'm usually quite optimistic going into games. I've got this niggling, horrible feeling that we're just not doing well against Liverpool. They, they murdered us, let's be honest, at the Etihad earlier in the season. If we've not learned our lessons from that defeat, we're in big trouble. If Pellegrini sets up in the same way as he did, if Yaya's in a too defensive midfield, which hopefully he won't be, mm. we're, we're going to be opened up all over the place very quickly. I, I personally wouldn't play Yaya on Sunday. I, I would be very. I think we get exposed too quickly with him in the team. I don't think you can recover quickly enough from two games in four days. I'd play him in Kiev maybe on Wednesday and not on Sunday, or vice versa. But I certainly wouldn't play him a defensive two midfield players against Liverpool. So how would you how would you set ourselves up then, Reedy? I'm talking about Sunday here. Well, I think they'd go four five one. I think that he will probably play Fernando and Fernandinho. He'll play Yaya. He'll play him in, on the top of the top of the triangle there. He'll play Aguero, and then he'll have the two wide boys. Will be, I would guess, I would guess, Sterling and Silver. I think that's how he'll probably set up. I think it's the only way he can set up because he has got no Navas, uh, no De Bruyne. So <clears throat> I think Navas has been a miss. Weirdly, mm-hmm. um, I think he's he adds something to the side, especially when he comes off the bench. That opens a lot of pace. He works really hard going backwards. Um, and I, I haven't listened to last week, so it was scolding for me. But I thought they played... I went to the Spurs game, and I thought they played really well. I thought City played well. I they were very unlucky to lose. Not, not just the referee. I thought they were unlucky to lose. Their performance deserved better. And I know the, the press and the media want to, to harp on about Spurs and they, the, the coming of age and all that. And they were good. Spurs were lovely and neat and tidy. It was a great game, edge of the seat stuff. Um, but we played well. For the, for the first time in a while, we played well. We got stuffed against Leicester. But we play well against Spurs, and I'm hoping they'll move on from that and start playing a little bit more like that. This is a big game for Fernandinho. I'd agree. Well, we go into the next two games, as you've already said, Paul, on three, three consecutive losses. So sort of by the time we come back next week for next week's show, um, would it be fair to say we've got a good win in Europe with a clean sheet and a piece, our first piece of silverware in the cabinet? That would be a good place to be, wouldn't it, when we come back next week? Be fantastic if we get if we come back with a, a draw or better on Wednesday and we win the Carling Cup, we will be the happiest city fans around. I'd imagine. Or the Capital One Cup. 
And that again, yeah. And the League Cup. If you offer me a draw now and win the Capital One Cup, I'd bite your hand off. We're all in agreement then. So with that in mind, can I say a huge thank you to Graham Reed, to Paul Denby and to Rob Bear and CTID. This is Nigel Rothband saying thanks for listening and we'll talk to you all very soon. This is a playback media production served to you in association with Why Not Think People. For all our other football titles, go to playbackmedia.co.uk. Sports Social Podcast Network.